So then to go out and hire this particular coach, I thought deserved a lot of scrutiny given the organization. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of the Burners and Basketball podcast. We are so happy to have you guys with us today. Hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend. Uh, Before we get into this very, very, very exciting episode, probably potentially the most exciting yet, we got to go through the basics. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Burners and B-Ball. Email us, burnersandbasketball at gmail.com. And subscribe to the podcast, hashtag BurnerTake on Twitter with any hot takes you might have. Adam, anyone that's here right now, unless you are a loyal visitor, is probably here not to hear us. Uh, would that be correct? Yes. That, yeah, that's a good way to start the podcast. It's yeah. not about either of us. No, it's not. Um, we are going to speak with Mina Kimes later in this episode, pretty soon later. We don't have too much to talk about this week, but since y'all are here, sorry you're stuck with us. You can skip ahead, but... We have a few things to cover before our wonderful guest, Mina Kimes, joins us. So it's important to note that we spoke to Mina um, a couple of days ago. And right now we're recording this on a Sunday. It will be out tomorrow. So stuff has happened since then. Like at that time, we didn't know who was going to be in the finals. We had a good idea. We knew it was the Suns. But now we know, Adam, who is our finals matchup? It is the Suns and the Bucks. Very Woo. exciting. Woohoo. Woo. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys know this, but Adam is actually a Suns reporter and That's right. fan. Um you can follow him on Twitter, Suns Adam. Yep. I gotta I should actually get that handle. <laughs> oh my god. I think that you would lose all of your followers. Yeah. Well, I could just go to the Rockets, which is what I'm wearing right now. Yeah, right now Adam is wearing a Rockets Chris Paul shirt. How many Chris Paul shirts do you own on the record? I think three. Okay. Yeah, three sounds right. I I don't think I have, I get, I like am on a team delay where like I won't get the Suns one until he's on another team. So like I just got a Thunder one. I have a Clippers one. This is my Rockets one. Uh, Yeah, I enjoy, yeah, it's funny when your favorite player keeps getting traded because you keep having to buy new jerseys. Hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. <laughs> I have two Dennis Rodman shirts, so he's not even my favorite player. He's just cool. Dennis Rodman is cool. He's just a cool guy. I think his hair looks cool. <laughs> his vibe is cool. His his crashing, vibes are usually cool. Yes, I think maybe. Okay, well, <laughs> his <laughs> crashing. Yeah, that's territory we probably shouldn't enter. I don't. I actually don't. I'm not aware of any of that. Okay. So. But I'm assuming I like I'm assuming he did something bad. Um, you know what? That is something that is going to come up later in this podcast with Mina. I mean, it is a fact that there are a lot of people in this industry who have perhaps allegations against them or have done things in the past that we don't know. Um, so it is important. I am a girl wearing a shirt, but <laughs> if I was a girl, you know, hiring someone, it's important to take note of these things and address these things properly. So that is a good um, pre prequel to what we will be talking about later. But right now we have the Suns and the Bucks. What are your predictions for this, Adam? So the Bucks just um, 
beat the Hawks without Giannis for their last two games. They won both games without him, which was very impressive. Um, first of all, shout out to the Hawks because, I mean, they absolutely shredded like everyone's expectations. Yeah, and absolutely. It was unbelievable. Yeah, the Hawks were super fun. Uh, and like they're going to be back too because they've got so many good young players. I think like six of their guys who play are like 23 or younger. Obviously, Trey's really young and they have a really good coach. Uh, yeah, I would, I, I mean, they deserve a ton of respect for, uh, you know, the fight they showed really the whole playoffs and even especially the end of game six when it looked like they were done. Uh, and they made it a game around the end. Uh, as far as my finals prediction, um, it's kind of a cop-out answer, but if Giannis is healthy, I would take the Bucks. If not, I think Phoenix wins. Um, it sucks that we're at this point, but like injuries are going to determine this. Uh, and we talked a lot about the injuries, I think, last week. Um, but it's worth saying again, like the amount of injuries we've seen, especially to all-star guys in the playoffs, has really been a bummer. So you don't think, like, I think that injuries have led us to this finals matchup absolutely, like 100%. However, I don't necessarily think that the Suns are incapable of beating Giannis. I don't um, think so either. I think, I, also it, I, don't think I think it would be really that, close. I don't think the Bucks, which this might be a hotter take, I don't think the Bucks are incapable of beating the Suns. You know what? It would be very hard to be the Suns without Giannis. However, I don't think they're incapable of making it like a series. Yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree with that. I just think like it probably like if Giannis ends up playing injured and he's just not the same, like that probably will decide the series. And if Giannis is awesome, you know, the the Suns could still beat the Bucks. Obviously, they're a great team, but it obviously makes it much less likely. Yeah, for sure. Um I mean this whole playoffs, like every year, it's just so cool to see guys who have been kind of behind the curtains for a while. It's not that they're irrelevant or that they're not good, but they get their time to shine in the playoffs. I mean, again, we saw it with Reggie Jackson on the Clippers. Bobby Portis had his moment. Um, Lopez had his moment. Lopez. <laughs> I'm like, which one's which? Yeah, Cameron Payne. Lopez. What? Cameron Payne has been awesome in the Cameron playoffs. Payne. I mean, nothing will ever beat like Jamal Murray, bubble Jamal Murray, but yeah, it's been cool. I mean, I like seeing these guys succeed. Uh, shout out to Bobby Portis after uh, the game, the closeout game. He said, it's a blue collar city. I'm a blue collar player. And, you know, I'm wondering if he was like intentionally quoting Zebo. Or if you know how sometimes you'll read something or remember a quote and you say it like kind of thinking it's your own words. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's what was happening. Like not that he was like trying to copy anyone, but I feel like, but yeah, Zach Randolph said famously about Memphis, it's blue collar town. I'm a blue collar player. So there is a word difference. Um, but yeah, I think the next day Bobby Portis posted a picture of three guys, including Zach Randolph, and was like, these are my inspirations or whatever. So Love it. Love love someone idolizing Zebo in, in the year yeah. 2021. Absolutely. If you're a fan of me, and I'm not me, if you're a fan of this podcast, <laughs> I don't have fans. It's all um, about Molly Morrison, folks. Yeah. If you're a fan of this podcast, you probably know. Or if you even just follow me on Twitter, you probably know that Zach Randolph is like, one of the main reasons I love basketball and got into the NBA. So I have like a special place for him in my heart. Same with Mike Conley, same with Tony Allen, same with Mark Gasol, 
you know how it goes. Shout yeah, you out. love the Grizzlies. I think we get the point. Shout out small markets, though. For real, for real. Um, I mean, obviously, Phoenix isn't a small market, but I wouldn't call them like a big market, even though, if, you know what I mean? It's such a weird definition because yeah. like, they're not the team that, but the Bucks are a small market and it's really freaking cool seeing them. Um, yeah, shout out to small markets, says the person from Memphis who's spending a summer in L.A. Okay, can we stop like this narrative? <laughs> if I was sitting here like wearing a Lakers t-shirt saying that def- saying they're my team, then like absolutely shit on me, like throw me out the window. But I am sitting here gushing about my Grizzlies. Meanwhile, beachside, like can I have both? Listen, I don't think anyone blames you for moving to LA <laughs> for the summer. Yeah. Okay, well. I hate that argument. I'm not. Guys, I'm never going to leave. Hashtag cancel Molly. Oh, my God. You're so eager to cancel me. It's you sad. deserve it at this point. For what? You can't be the, you know, oh, I'm the queen of small markets from your spot in <laughs> L.A. Come on now. When did I ever call myself the queen? You talk about, you do the same thing about the small markets, like, every single day. <laughs> I'm the queen of small markets i'm a fan of a small market team Mm. what like do i have to stay in my market forever for you 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 should be trapped in memphis yeah just to prove that i like am a supporter of small market teams yep okay that's how it should go okay you're of course you're eager to find a reason to cancel me since You've no. tried to cancel me on several <laughs> occasions. I feel like you're due for at least one. I know, it's true. But it's like never worked how I planned, honestly. Yeah. Thank <laughs> God for me. This is this is people that are listening to us for the first time are like, is this if you're listening to the first time, obviously it's like basketball analysis, but also just trying to cancel each other. So yeah. got the best of both. Molly and I here. actually hate each other in real life. We just do the podcast for the money. For the money. Yeah, we're making millions off of yeah, this podcast. We're making so much money off of this podcast, you wouldn't believe it. That's why you're wearing your $1 Chris Paul. Hey, hey. From Alex. Don't, don't, don't attack the Chris Paul shirt. Okay, keep, okay. Keep him out of this. He doesn't deserve that. Okay. Basketball. Who agrees? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Basketball. Um, We are going to cover... Patrick Beverly and that whole fiasco with Mina. So we'll stay away from that for now. But yeah, uh, right now we just have, you know, Suns Bucks. Um, okay, I guess we should like predict what we think is going to happen. <sighs> no, I hate predict. Can we predict it next week or is it going to be like over? Uh, it's going to be too, it's going to be too late next week. We got to do it now. Okay. You want to go first? But do we, like, what's the latest on knowing if when Giannis is going to be back? Tuesday night. Okay, also, speaking of Giannis, like, can we please, I am begging everyone to stop the, like, it's hard to spell. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, it's the worst. I hate it. Like, first of all, he's been in the NBA for eight years. He's a two-time MVP. Like, stop pretending you don't know how to say his name. Okay, also, I just, like, don't. Like, I don't get why people don't like him. Why yeah, don't people like, like him? Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I like, feel like he's, like, a, like a goofy, like, nice... Yeah, if you, like, aren't a Giannis person, that's fine. But I don't... There's really no reason to dislike him. 
Like yeah. he's never been like a dirty player, done anything really poorly intentioned. Um, I mean, maybe he complains, but everyone complains. Like, right. like if you're saying like a player cries, like just stop. Like everyone cries and complains unless yeah, it's like, like Patrick Beverly. Then know. in that case, like keep going because it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good call there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Giannis, like, you know, it, you could say he's corny sometimes, I guess. But like who first of all, like who are we really to judge? Uh, but more importantly, like he's a great player who seemingly is nice to everyone. So. Yeah, I don't get people having problems with Giannis. Anyways, we should predict the series. No, I was trying to... <laughs> no, no, you're not getting away without a prediction. But no, but do we know when he's supposed to be back? We don't. Ugh. It's got to be part of the guess. Okay. What was the Suns versus Bucks record in the regular season? That's a good question. I can check that. Yeah. Um, so I need a like... Yeah, I guess this brief silence will get edited out. No, it's okay. I'll just sing. I'll sing. Oh, God. Destroy the ears of our listeners. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay, ready? I'm ready. Uh, The Suns won both games they played against the Bucks this season. Okay. Well, then, Suns and four. Okay. Love it. <laughs> it's that easy. No. I'll say. And both, by the way, both games, they won by one point. I'll say Suns. I kind of want to say Bucks, but like, I always feel like I should go with the person I don't want to say. Okay, Suns in seven. Cool. I that's I'm going a weird guess, but yeah, whatever. I'm going Suns in six. I was gonna say that first, but then I was like, you know why? Game seven would be more fun. Yeah. Okay. Even though I would be terrified going in, because you know, obviously, I'm gonna be rooting very hard for my Phoenix Suns. Yeah, it's it's interesting it's fun you know not really caring i always decide who i want to win like literally on a game-to-game basis it changes like for example during the clippers um suns series it kept changing like literally every game even though people are convinced i like absolutely hate the clippers that's not even the case uh yeah 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 i was like because you want it like as a basketball fan you want a team to win but then if they're up like 2-0 you want the other team to win you know right. so it just yeah. keeps changing keep the series longer right like because what the hell are we going to talk about for months without basketball <laughs> I'm kidding I, I can talk about everything let's talk baseball burners and baseball podcast oh god find a new host for that. get the Memphis <laughs> Redbirds yeah okay so that's that um I want to see if you guys have any like hot takes about the playoffs. Remember to tweet them. Hashtag burner take. And without further ado, we want to bring on um, our guest. You might recognize her from her fantastic NFL analysis on ESPN. But she has recently dabbled in the NBA um, so in a moment, we will have Mina Kimes joining us. 
So we are here with a very special guest right now. Um, we are very honored that she has decided to join the Burners of Basketball podcast. We are very big fans of her. Hello, Mina. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, obviously, we're all familiar with Mina for her excellent NFL work for ESPN, but she has been dabbling in the NBA lately. And may I say she's been doing it wonderfully. Um, what are your thoughts on the playoffs at this moment or just in general so far? I think my thoughts can be summarized by a image that came across my timeline, which was from NBA on TNT promoting tonight's game. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but promoting uh, Hawks Bucks with a picture of John Collins and Chris Middleton. You know how they usually do like the two big stars with the showdown? Yeah. It was John Collins and Chris Middleton. And if there's, I don't know if there's a better way to capture where we are in the postseason, which no, like Chris Middleton, I, I like both those players a lot, but undeniably it's been, it's been pretty difficult. Yeah. Adam, Adam, so, you know, covers the Sixers, but is like the biggest Suns fan I've ever met. So there's some conflict here. Big, yeah, big Chris Paul fan over here. Uh, so last night, game six of uh, of the Sun series was very fun for me. Yeah. Okay. Did you guys see, before we dive into like a more, um, a less humorous topic, uh, let's kick it off with something more lighthearted. Did you guys see um, the Patrick Beverly tweet today? I did. <laughs> Chris Paul apologizing. Yes. Can you read it? Yes, like, yes. I'm going to read it. I, have a I found it really now. funny. It, it's hilarious. He said, he tagged Chris Paul. Emotions got the best of me last night, gang. My bad. Wasn't meant for you. <laughs> Congrats on making it to the finals. Best of luck. How could it not have been meant for him? In right. what, what else was that meant for? That yeah. makes literally no sense. No, it was premeditated. Like he, he yeah. charged toward Chris Paul. And yeah, just... that could not have been more deliberate and intentional. No. <laughs> That's God, I mean, there's some players that everyone's like, oh, like you love them if on you're on they're on your team, but I don't know, man. Pat Beverly, uh, he is a professional irritant, is yes. how I would describe him. He he makes Chris Paul seem like less of an irritant by comparison. So, yeah. I mean, Godspeed. I actually really loved that Clippers team by the end. Like, I really loved Reggie Jackson. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw after the game how emotional he was and, you know, it'll obviously pay off for him. So, but, you know, I, I feel like there was a lot of, it's interesting, right? This playoffs, like where, where obviously it's defined by the lack of stars, but then you're seeing guys like Paul George and Kevin Durant, I think really recast their careers in a lot of people's eyes because of what they've had to do. And that, that's kind of cool. Yeah, no, I think you're completely right. Um, it just feels a little bit anticlimactic now that everyone's out, but is it, how's that been for you? Is it, is there like, what's the biggest difference you find in tweeting about the NBA and tweeting about the NFL or even just talking about it? Well, my, I started tweeting about the end. I mean, I, I, I'll always love the NBA, but this season was a little different because I took on the role of being a net super fan. And then it was, kind of unclear if it was a joke or reality, um, which is, I like to live on that edge, you know, at there all times. And um, I'm not going to lie. People didn't love it. Some people liked it, but a lot of people didn't like it. So 
it's to me, it was less about NBA Twitter and my experience with that and more about NBA Twitter's feelings about the Nets in particular, which uh, yeah. not the loved, but uh, I love NBA. I, I love, I always like, I, I just find the, the NBA players are like my favorite period of the, I like it more than March Madness, which is not most people, a lot of people love March Madness more, but I just absolutely love, love, love NBA playoffs. So and I think for this final injuries, I have enjoyed the like total suspense this year, like not knowing who's going to yep. win. It, it, I do enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. We had, we had so many years of just like warriors versus LeBron. Right. Uh, so actually like have no idea who's going to win each series was pretty fun. Yeah, we talk about that like every week. We're like, you know, it's cool, mystery. But yeah, you did pick a controversial team to, you know, you have that bandwagon. <laughs> um, I can see the people. Um, but you did the right thing. Like if I was just deciding to join a fandom, I would choose one that could win. Why not? You know, that is my... I picked them not based on how good they were, but how much it would annoy people. But... The thing I underestimated was how fun they were to watch when they were even at two thirds power watching whether it was, you know, a combination of Harden and Kyrie, Kevin and I mean, literally every iteration. It was just really entertaining basketball like James Harden in particular. This was one of the most fun seasons, I think, at least probably five years of watching James Harden play basketball. Yeah. Uh, frankly, and Kevin Durant, like just watching what he did every night. It, it was really cool. So I watched every Nets game. Uh, leading up to the playoffs. Uh, and I actually enjoyed like all of them because, you know, as far as picking teams go, I'm at least pick the one that plays a beautiful version of the game at times, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was yeah, this, sure. is this pre Harden trade that you were in on them? Or oh. was this was no. when they got Harden. Cause pre Harden trade, I don't think it would have been as much of a heel turn, but the Harden trade, everyone really turned on the nets. Yeah. And I, I, I became a super fan on February 13th, which is when the big three played together for the first time. And then immediately uh, Durant got hurt. But uh, yeah, so it was peak of their villainy, 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 villainousness. <laughs> okay. That's a word now. Feels like um, yeah. And it's, it probably started off as a little bit of a bit, but then as it goes on, you're like, wait, I love this team. <laughs> you, yes, totally. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That's like how everything is. I mean, when you're watching a team, like, Something I've always thought of as a big difference between basketball, especially the NBA and football, is that there's so much fewer guys. So it's so much easier as a fan to like form, you know, real love for them or connections to them. So, yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Um, So that is the more fun side of the NBA right now. There has, we talked a little bit last week about some of this stuff, but I figured Mina has just always been so eloquent about this subject um, in different industries. So I really wanted to get her perspective on this because we could sit here and like laugh at basketball all day, but this is very relevant right now. And yeah. um, So obviously this week, uh, the NBA hired this past week, there have been two coaches in the NBA that were hired with a violent past um, with women. And I think that the more talked about one right now is the Blazers because of how just kind of awful that whole situation was handled. Um, there was that press conference where they refused to answer really any questions. Um, 
And they had that lovely quote about Becky Hammond, who they likely, it started to seem kind of used as more of a token than actually someone they ever considered hiring. Um, you know, before we ask more specific questions, just what are some of your thoughts about this whole thing right now? Yeah, you know, you mentioned something which is interesting. I was just talking to someone about this, which is that the Blazers story, the hiring of Chauncey Billups and the um, revelation for a lot of people that he was accused of sexual assault in 1997 uh, and the, the case was settled. That has been a bigger story, which is actually kind of surprising. Not, it's not surprising to me, but um, we talked about the kid hiring, Jason Kidd, uh, who pled guilty to domestic violence a long time yes. ago as well. So he was hired by Dallas. And we talked about it in one of my uh, not highly questionable when it happened. And I actually thought in some ways, I, I was surprised by the discrepancy in coverage because the team that hired Jason Kidd, as you guys know, has a very recent history of um, not investigating or basically properly handing uh, their own employee who was uh, accused of, I believe, arrested for domestic violence. Um, uh, they had an employee, a high ranking official who was accused of rape, which or sexual attempted rape, pardon me. And the Mavs obviously have a problem. So then to go out and hire this particular coach, I thought deserved a lot of scrutiny given the organization. And that is not to say that Jason Kidd should never be a head coach based on his past, but the combination of that particular team, given literally this has been the last few years, I, th I thought was pretty stunning and seemed to actually been a bit overshadowed by this other mm -hmm. story. So that, that that's my first thought. Um, I think the big reason for that or what I would, I guess, identify is that the Billups story, a lot of people, myself included, were not aware of. And I mm -hmm. think with these types of stories, there tends to be a fatigue, like, oh, we're still talking about this as though that time or repetition or telling a story diminishes what actually happened. And so the fact that people didn't know about the Billups thing, I think it, it just took a lot of people by surprise and it almost stayed in the news longer because of the novelty as messed up as that is. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned it was in, you know, 1997 and kids was more recently. What would you say? Um, I've seen so much of this on Twitter of women sharing that this is hurting them, that this is really affecting them, that they're tired of seeing abusers um, in these positions of power. Honestly, I've seen women say that they might not even be able to root for or watch their favorite team because it's triggering to see that person on the sideline. Uh, and a lot of the replies are men gaslighting them and saying, okay, well, what about X player? Um, what do you feel about him? Or this person was never convicted or it was right. this long ago. He's changed. What would your response be to those kind of comments? Well, first of all, there's just so much whataboutism every time this happens. Well, the you know president of the United States was accused of sexual assault. Yeah, like that's a problem too. Like it's you know what I mean like the, the, the you, right. you see this often, and um, you also see an unwillingness to engage with the facts at hand, what we know. This is something I always say when people ask me about how do you cover these allegations because often it becomes like a he said she said whatever and I say just say what we know say what the allegations are say them out loud say the word say say the word rape people are afraid to say that you know don't say red flags don't say off the field issues and when it comes to you know female fans or male fans who 
uh, are upset by this these decisions to the point where they don't want to watch or you know root for the team. I, one, I think that's an incredibly valid sentiment, um, and it's something that these teams have to acknowledge and accept when you make these decisions. That is the weight that comes with it. You are making, you know, regardless of the process, you are making people feel a certain kind of way. And that can be exacerbated by the process, especially when a team like Portland refuses to even um, you, like offer the slightest hint of transparency. Um, and I think that is to me is what is so disappointing. It's like, I've been covering this for a while. This happens over, I mean, this has been going on for years and in some ways we've progressed, but then you see a thing like a team refusing to let their coach even answer a very valid question, by the way, that I think he would have answered. Yes. About, he, I agree. Even, you know, for those who don't know, was asked about the incident and he said it shaped his life. That's interesting. And, and the reporter, I think Sean Hyken followed up and said, how? So valid. And then for Portland to step in and stop him from answering the question to me shows that they have not examined, uh, considered any of the issues that we've discussed, because it's not like there's not a universal standard here. Every case is different. Every like second chances do exist. And some people do deserve them. A lot of people do it. But the notion that it's something that you can, that is deserved without any examination or honesty, I think is what is so offensive about this. Yeah. And I totally agree. I mean, these, this organization made the decision that the incident in 1997 um, was not an unhirable offense. They didn't think that, so explain that, you know what I mean? Like if you're going to stand by that person that right, like they're allowed to do that. But why, you know, and I think that's what makes it so hurtful is brushing it off to where you can't even say anything, um, which is like what you're saying. But it's like not just a thing in the NBA. I mean, it's a wider issue in sports, obviously. What what's like how do you feel like these specific this is kind of going to be a loaded question, but how do you feel like these specific hirings reflect a bigger issue in this industry and yeah, let's just start with that. Yeah. No, yeah, I think there's two, there's kind of two ways to look at that. One, um, you know, why, why does, why, why does it happen? Why is, why are these sorts of issues, why they seem to keep coming up? And then there's a separate issue of how is it covered? Um, why is it, why do we feel like, you know, I mean, it feels at this moment in this way, like if we're coming off of a week where these, these two hirings, very prominent hiring. So it feels like, wow, but it is important to remember, like still, you know, most coaches and most players don't have this history. Right. And I think the reality is like, this is, you know, obviously it's a, it's a sport that men play, but it's also a sport with male leadership across the board um, in front offices. And, and that doesn't, that's not, unusual in America. Like you could point to a number of industries that are similar, but I guess I, I would venture to say a lot of those other industries also have similar toxic hires and, and people in power. We just happen to cover an industry where those hires are very public and examined. Mm -hmm. um, now, how we cover them, I think, is, a, is something that contributes that because, let me put it this way, Portland doesn't shut down that question if they believe they're going to get destroyed for it, they were criticized for like a day. They there's an awareness. I, I think amongst people in power 
that the media, that fans will move on because they've seen it happen time and time again. These stories don't persist. If a, you know, a, an athlete thrives or an executive is good, it goes away. And the result is that you have this kind of self-reinforcing mechanism where it doesn't become a uh, deal breaker because it's not treated like a deal breaker. Uh, and, or to a lesser extent, it's not treated like something that, as you said, needs to be explained. Um, credit to, by the way, Sean Hyken for asking that follow-up because I've seen so many press conferences where it's just not asked. Yeah. Um, Adam and I actually, so you're our second Burners and Basketball guest and Sean Hyken was our first one. So full wow. circle <laughs> and now we're giving him props, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like, I feel like it's such a t difficult thing to talk about because we're saying like, okay, may these people are redeemable, but also there are so many women and people, as you said, not just women, um, just in these specific cases, you know, it, it was violence against women that are so hurt by it. Um, and they're facing this trauma that they will never be able to forget. And it's like something that, I don't know, you say like, okay, well, obviously they're still able to be hired and that it's just such a tricky thing. You know what I mean? Because I, I just hate all the, how like us saying that is not the same as people trying to undermine these people um, who are being so brave and coming out with their own stories. And I don't know. It's just. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're wrestling with something that the American legal system is incapable of wrestling with. That's pretty difficult. Um, but we are also not asking for people to be, uh, you know, criminally punished or to never have work. We're just asking teams to tell the truth. And I think that's a good starting point because whenever you get into these dis discussions, uh, inevitably people bring up cancel culture and why are you, you know, so it should never work again. And it's really important to articulate. I think that's not, that's not the, um, the stakes of this discussion. The stakes are, you know, actually taking this seriously and engaging with it, which we still haven't achieved, I think, uh, in terms of like as a sports industry. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, how do you feel? So we obviously just discussed more this Portland situation. How do you feel? What do you think should be, could be changed in this process of, you know, interviewing and hiring to maybe make things better or like what internally could be changed to fix in any way and improve this system that's deeply flawed. Um, I just think transparency because, you know, so if Portland really did examine this and feels good about it and presumably they think, you know, he's innocent, right. Because this is a case that was settled and he might be right. He, there's who knows. I don't, but the notion that that process is he's a word proprietary, which is not what proprietary means, but whatever, um, mm -hmm. that it doesn't deserve any ex like explanation that you're not going to like, you hired this guy to be your head coach. You hired him to be a leader in the face of the franchise. You should trust him to answer questions about this. And to your question of what should change about the process, all like those things need to happen. The organization needs to be honest. And the people they hire need to be willing to answer difficult questions. I don't think that's too much to ask. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, and there was all this weirdness with this specific instance with Damian Lillard having to come forward and right. say, and it's just, it's just weird because all of the responsibilities should honestly fall on the people that are literally hiring, you know, and just for, as you said, Chauncey literally leaned towards the microphone. He was about to speak and yeah. Neil Olshi, I believe that's how you pronounce it, completely yeah. shut it down. So I don't know. Um, in more to discuss before you have to go, a woman, specifically Becky Hammond, who for years we have heard her name thrown around when all of these franchises are hiring a new coach and you want to believe that they're just hiring the most qualified person, you know, and that might not be her, but do you feel like there's a level of fear when it comes to hiring her that these NBA teams have? You know, it's been interesting because there's been so many hiring of women in the NBA at lower levels over the last yes. few years, assistance that it does feel like at some point that dam is going to break. And it's, you know, not just Becky Hammond, like you're starting to hear Kara Lawson's name, Don Staley's name, other college coaches, et cetera. I mean, just a ton of names being thrown around. And I, I, I actually, as negative as it probably just sounded or frustrated, I actually do feel like um, change is happening in the NBA in terms of amongst the coaching ranks and, and diversifying and, and adding more women. And for, as far as Becky in particular, I, I actually, I, this is going to like, I don't know if she's a good, I don't know enough about her yeah. as a coach. Sometimes it, I, I'm, and so I can't say for sure whether or not she was, she's deserving of a job relative to some of her competition. I can say, and I say this with confidence that there are women who are, and the fact that it, there's been zero is uh, is an indictment of, you know, I really, and I think it's going to change. I really do. Because when you see these assistant hirings and you hear the way players talk about them, it strikes me as it, it feels like there's a level of open-mindedness that will lend itself to change pretty soon. Yeah. Um, okay. I know you got to go soon, but I, while I have you, I want to just hear your wisdom. Uh, you, so you're actually a woman who is in a very male dominant area, specifically football, specifically doing the real, you know, analyzing, which is amazing. Um, what advice would you give to women who maybe are fearful of joining these male dominated spaces, things that they should look out for, things that they should have in mind? Yeah. Um, I would say a few things. One, um, and this is really for irrespective of gender, uh, pick something to become an expert at and devote all your time and energy to that thing. Um, because, you know, ultimately you might end up being a generalist. Maybe you even talk about multiple sports, but if you have a home base where, you know, you know, more than 99% of the people on the planet that will take you places because you can become a resource for others. Um, and then beyond that, I think going more specifically to, you know, towards being women, it's really hard not to feel like you are being second guessed and nitpicked uh, in a different way. And it's true. You, you are, but um, you, you gotta be, you can't be afraid to mess up. And because the reality is, even if you mess up, 
and, you know, 10 people on Twitter tell you that you, you know, got someone's name wrong or whatever, misidentified something, the confidence and personality and looseness that comes with messing up is what will carry you in this industry. And it took me a long time to realize that. Like when I go back and watch my earlier performances, I'm so uptight and so nervous and so overprepared. And I didn't start to really feel comfortable or I guess do well at my job until I became comfortable making mistakes. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I have a question. So <laughs> like, I obviously do not have the same kind of insight on something like this as you two do. Uh, so I'm just curious, like, what would you say to a man in one of these male dominated industries, uh, like how they can properly be an ally? Well, I think, you know, just working, working together is a good place to start. So I think you guys are off to a great start. Um, but yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, constantly inviting new voices in and engaging with them. You know, it's so easy to just use the same people or work with the same people or talk, forget working, or if you have a show or whatever, just talking to the same people, it's so easy and it's comfortable, but you know, you can't really bring in women or any sorts of minority voices um, unless you're willing to kind of reach outside your circle and put yourself out there and meet new people. And um, you know, maybe you know, it might not always go well. It won't be as comfortable as working with like a, a guy you've been friends with forever. But it, I, I can tell you this, all of my opportunities early on came from men, frankly, who took chances on having me as a voice on radio shows or podcasts or whatnot. And I'm so grateful for those opportunities. And, you know, a lot of my lifelong friendships are built on that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mina, for joining us today. Um, seriously, so kind. Obviously, Adam and I represent this new wave of sports media. And it's so cool, it's, you know, because we're just starting out. And it's so cool for people who are so accomplished like you to, you know, take time out of your day, your busy day to talk to us. So we really appreciate it. That's all. It's all good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.